The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM, featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to Sports Info UM. What's happening? Coach Gordon Roberts is here with us tonight. What's going on, Coach? Uh, not much, Derek. Just a lot of things happening uh, right before uh, the draft. Yeah, it is a lot of things happening right before the draft. But, hey, Coach, one of the biggest things that happened over the weekend, one of the biggest things that's ever happened in the world of golf is Jordan Speed leads the Masters in Augusta, Georgia, from beginning to end. And this young man is only 21 years old. You know, a lot of people are already comparing him to Tiger Woods. And, and is he, is he going to be the next American player to, to uh, be like a Tiger Woods or a Jack Nicholas? Uh, I can't put him in that category. But, wow, what a tremendous weekend Jordan Spieth had over the weekend. And, Coach, you know, I probably watch more Masters golf than I've ever watched in my life. The kid was pretty – spectacular to watch yes he was and um and i i guess what's so unbelievable when you when, you, when he was at one point he was six shots of, ahead of all the other golfers and and um no one really ever got close to him. Phil Mickelson got to about four strokes um, behind him at one point, uh, but nobody really got close to um, Jordan Spieth and wow what a what a remarkable weekend he had for himself and it was kind of funny, Coach. He, uh, he kind of messed up the 18th, but it was no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it, well, it, it, it was no big deal because he, he truly, clearly had this, um, this match in hand. It was never um, – I, I don't think he was ever really threatened at all um, throughout the whole weekend from Thursday to Sunday. Well, he's heck of a player because uh, – if you play golf and you watch somebody that has all parts of the game together, that it's pretty special to watch. Yeah, it is. You know, but um, last year we also saw um, we we saw uh, Rory McIlroy um, win four majors last year, and uh, and this year he's really really struggling. So you know, we just can't throw this young man into that superstardom category so quickly. Um, because, hey, he, he's still a very young man at 21 years old. And you, we all know that uh, some crazy things can happen between 21 and 22. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, but, Coach, we have, um, we, we, we have um, a legend on the phone with us. We have Eddie Johnson 
from the MLS and um, DC United player in the soccer league. Um, Eddie is an American soccer player. He's an American soccer star, uh, per se. Eddie Johnson, how's it going, Eddie? Uh, th- thanks for having me. How you doing, Coach? Hey, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. And um, Eddie is also from um, from this, uh, from Flagler County. As a matter of fact, he was born he was born in Flagler County. He, uh, he's from Florida. He's a Floridian. And welcome to Sports Info UM, Eddie. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Uh, the weather can the weather can be a, a, a little better uh, in Florida right now, but uh, I'm I'm enjoying my my, my time here, and uh, I'm glad to be on the show. Hey, thank you for being on the show, Eddie. You know, um, now um, now you're with the um, D.C. United. You know, last year you were with, uh, with the Seattle Sounders from 2012, 2013. Uh, what's, what's, what's the biggest difference from being um, on the West Coast to being in basically one of the biggest cities on the East Coast now? Well, I'd say uh, um, the, the biggest difference being on the West Coast is the uh, you know, uh, Seattle. Seattle has a a lot of history as well as DC on the East Coast. Uh, but um, Seattle is a very new team within the MLS, and it's a very uh, uh, rising organization that has had a lot of success in their earlier years as being a franchise in the MLS. However, DC United, um, I think, uh, just up until last year, I think LA Galaxy passed them and the number of championships won since the league first started in 1996. Um, so the big difference would probably be uh, um, in Seattle, they have a very big fan base. Uh, they average about 40-some thousand fans a game, uh, whereas in D.C. United, they, uh, you know, we just uh, got approval in 2017 for our, soccer, uh, our own soccer Pacific Stadium um, that's going to see about 20-some-plus thousand uh, fans um, you know, in 2000 and I think 17. Uh, so I, I say the biggest difference is probably, uh, the, the capacity of, you know, fans that attend the games on the weekend. But as far as history, uh, in DC, we're, you know, one of the top, uh, franchises in the organization with, uh, with the most silverware. Wow. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Eddie Johnson from the MLS DC United. Eddie has a career total of uh, of 90 goals. Um, and hey, and this is from playing in the U.S., um, England, Greece. Um, Eddie's also played in Mexico. You know, and uh, Eddie, give us a, a give our fans a little bit of um, of your feelings about. Playing, playing on the world, playing in the World Cup, and um, actually not having a chance to play in in the last World Cup. Um, I, I'd say, uh, you know, coming from Bunnell, uh, Florida, uh, you know, I'm one of three. Uh, and the long story short, um, I think every success story has a, a story behind it. Um, I was very fortunate. I met a guy by the name of Bob Sawyer. Um, he's uh, he's the dean at uh, Matanzas. Uh, high school right now, and he was also my club soccer coach and um, best friend with the son, Dustin Sawyer, who was uh, on my club soccer team growing up in Florida. Um, and I say, uh, you know, that it was a family that took a chance in me. You know, they saw a lot of uh, talent in me, and uh, they wanted to make sure, you know, I never, I, I stayed on the right track, and I didn't got, you know, you know, caught up in all the wrong things, you know, going on in Bunnell. And, uh, you know, my mom was a single mom, and she was a very, uh, 
very supportive mother at the same time. You know, she, uh, she, uh, you know, she let me go away on the weekends and stuff with the Sawyers, the tournaments and stuff. And, uh, you know, they're basically like my second family. Um, and, you know, they introduced me to the game of soccer and I fell in love with it and started having a lot of success, uh, as, as an early kid and all the way up to, you know, my teenage years in high school. And, uh, you know, um, every American soccer player dream is to play in a World Cup. And I had the opportunity, uh, to do that. Um, and it, and it took, you know, having a great, uh, support, support system, you know, behind me and helping me along the way and teammates pushing me. Uh, you know, over the years. And, uh, you know, not a lot of Americans or not a lot of people can say they play for their country at the highest uh, sporting event in, in the world. And I had the opportunity to do that um, on the, in the 2006. You know, I lucked out on 2010. Uh, I got cut in the pre-World Cup camp. And uh, just recently uh, in the, the World Cup in 2014 to Brazil, you know, I thought I stated my case during the, the qualifying games when I was scoring goals and, you know, helping the team get results. And, uh, you know, uh, it didn't, it didn't plan out for me to go to 2014. Uh, but, you know, I look back on, um, you know, when I first started and to, to have played in the world cup, I'd be lying. If I, I can tell you, I can, I can tell you, I can tell you, tell you that back in when, in, you know, at 11 years old that I, if I ever said I'd be playing in the world cup, I'd be lying. So, you know, I'm very fortunate and blessed. Wow. Well, what a great attitude, Eddie. And, you know, and, and Eddie, when you look back at your career, um, you know, I moved to Flagler County and became a football coach here in 2001. And um, all these guys, all, they talked about you like you were still a member of our, of our football team. And apparently you played some football while you were here at FPC as well. Um, but tell us about um, going to the IMG um, Soccer Academy in, in Melbourne, Florida, and actually graduated from there and being the youngest player drafted into the MLS? Uh, yeah. Um, so the U.S. Soccer Federation, um, you know, their idea, uh, idea was to, you know, we have these youth World Cup um, uh, tournaments, you know, that we uh, participate in. And uh, we tend to do very well at the youth level, but when we get to the senior level is where we struggle. So they wanted to try and come up with a, a system where we can get our best young, talented players across America. Um, and it started with the, you know, the 1982s. And uh, all the even years after the 1982, then it went to 1984s, which I'm in 84, they get the best 30 players and go down to IMG um, and you go down there and you train together week in and week out. Um, you go to school during the day. You, you train in the afternoons and, and, and three times out of the week you, you, you're doing the, the speed and agility work. Uh, you know, they're IMG. So it's, it's the best training, uh, you know, facilities that they can get us in the best environment where we're training with each other, um, you know, to prepare for these Youth World Cups. And uh, at that time, um, you know, it was also trying to, you know, develop, you know, the best young players in, in America to participate or to go, you know, from, from a professional environment versus going to college, uh, because that's where we lose that gap in, in America is where we go from being in a professional environment, training and playing with uh, competing against each other every day and then going to college where the, the level of play isn't the same. So the whole process and idea was for U.S. soccer to come up with a, 
an environment where we can put our best talented young players and then after that they can all go pro and then after being there they're fully developed enough to be able to compete at the professional level and that's how it is all across the world uh where soccer is the number one sport and so uh you know again you know like i said i i wouldn't have had that opportunity to be uh you know blessed to go down and, and, and attend the img academy if i didn't have a good support system uh you know, behind me and all the hard work and sacrifices that I made in making that uh, reality a dream, that dream, that dream a reality. Wow. You know, um, Eddie, before we go a little bit further, uh, I lived in Milan, Italy in 1990 and 1991, and we had two, two teams, the AC Milan and Inter Milan. And, man, when these two teams played, Eddie – the games were so competitive and so exciting. I was literally scared to go outside, man. I mean, they made so much noise when a goal was kicked or a attempt on goal was kicked. It was unbelievable to see this city just be so split and divided between these two teams. But wow, what a what a just a, a, an incredible uh, feeling and so much energy there. It, it, you know, you think about America. We think about American football here. But the way they treat and handle um, football in Europe is it's on another level. And, and the, the, the manicuring and the way they treat these fields is just unbelievable. You would never see um, – have you ever played on, a, on an artificial turf in Europe or outside the United States playing soccer? Uh, yes, sir. You know, I've, I've, I've played on all, all types of, uh, you know, you know, grass, uh, you know, every every country has its way of trying to get an advantage. If it's playing in in uh, Central America and, and, and playing on pitches where the grass is thick, a lot thicker than normal, which slows the pace down because uh, that's their advantaging of controlling the game when they, when, uh, when, when the U, say, the U.S. plays uh, Mexico, or the U.S. plays Guatemala, or the U.S. plays Honduras. You know, uh, if the pitches, the faster the pitches are, the more we'd have an advantage because of our athletic, uh, com- you know, competitive, competitiveness nature and, and, uh, you know, a gun ho mentality, which always, uh, they, which, which, which they all always struggle against, you know, so, you know, they always try and make, the, you know, have advantages and stuff. And, uh, you know, and if you go into like, you know, Eastern Europe where you play against like uh, Russia and uh, you know um, Croatia and those teams, you know, that those games are pretty much played on artificial turf because they grow up uh, from kids playing on those fields, so they're accustomed and used to it and stuff. You know, so every every country has their their you know their their pitches that they like to play on. It gives them an advantage uh, to to win the game. Um, but uh, you know, it gave me goosebumps. You know, you know, listening to you explain the the the, the rivalry, you know, with Inter Milan and AC Milan, you know, to actually being able to experience that. You know, I tell a lot of my friends about those rivalries and stuff, and that you know, you guys think that you know, going tailgating at a, a NFL game, um, or or going to a, a basketball game that it's crazy and stuff. You know, you got to experience that, and you know, you've had an opportunity to experience that. You know, so that's that's uh, that's that's exciting to hear. You know that you know someone else can can share the same experience that that I have. You know, um, which is you know very rare. 
know. Yeah, and, and Eddie, I, I'd have to tell you, man, you're right. The excitement at at one of these major soccer events is is unbelievable. And it's it's even hard to compare an NFL game and an NFL experience to the uh the AC and the Inter Milan matchup. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, it, it's not even comparable to say the New York Giants and the New York Jets. I mean, it's 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 bigger right. than that. Right. Yes. Uh, Eddie, this is Gordon Roberts. And uh, did you, you know uh, a lot of people that follow soccer were kind of disappointed you weren't on this last uh, world team soccer team from the U.S. But how political is that? Um, you know, um, throughout my career, you know, I've been. Uh, I've been uh, I've been my biggest fan, and I've been my you know my my worst critic at the same time. You know, sometimes you know it's about find, finding that balance. And uh, you know, earlier in my career, you know, I was always you know labeled as this this up and coming talented you know uh, you know soccer player in America that has it all to be the next big. And uh, you know. Along that way, you, you, you know, you're young, you're having a lot of success, and I heard you talking on the show about McElroy. You know, you don't want to put a bunch of pressure on, the, you know, you know, he's still young. You know, you want to give him time to grow. But, you know, in, in, in sports, you know, once you start having a lot of success, you know, they label you, you know, as quick as they can. They put all your pressure on you, but it comes with the territory. Yes. And it's, yeah. about finding that, it's about finding that balance with the territory. You know, some, some players deal with it better than others. And uh, um, one of the things that I feel like, uh, you know, that that uh, probably uh, left me off uh, the World Cup is, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm the type of player that, um, you know, I've always had a hard time dealing with uh, when, when I know I should be playing uh, and I'm not playing. And uh, what I've learned in my career is that, you know, it's not all about how talented you are and what you can do in the field. A lot of coaches, uh, you know, they, they major in psychology and, and uh, you know, they, they, they want to make sure that every player is the complete, has the complete, uh, the complete, uh, what do I want to say? The, the, it has the complete package of what they're, the complete package of what they're looking for. And, uh, the, you know, there's no gray area. And uh, I think, if if you were to ask me why I was left off, it, it's probably because I probably wouldn't have, you know, um, dealt with me not playing from the start. You know, right. because I feel like I felt like I done enough in order. I done enough what? to be able to play from the beginning. Um, right. But like I said, you know, every coach has, you know, uh, you know what players that are right for their system, you know, that coach probably saw me as not being a starter and how would Eddie have done with not being a starter? And, uh, it probably, it probably wouldn't have set well for me, but I'm also old enough right now. I'm more mature. I'm more tr mature Eddie than I was when I was 22. And I, I think I would have handled it differently because he's used me in a bunch of important games prior to that. And I've, and I've, and I've excelled and I've done well for him. So to see, you know, the lack of confidence in me, uh, it left me wondering, and it still leaves me wondering. But if I had to guess, it would probably have been that. 
Wow. Hey, Eddie, we gotta we got to take a quick commercial break. Would you please hold on with us and come right back after this break? Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info. You, I'm on the Voice America Radio. We'll be right back with more Eddie Johnson from the MLS DC United. flagship station for sports voice america sports are you a real sports fan get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame lassiter formerly with the arizona cardinals san diego chargers and st louis rams Kwame's got the experience so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame lassiter's sports talk It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoun3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. We have Eddie Johnson of the MLS DC United on with us tonight. We're going one-on-one with Eddie Johnson. Eddie has 90 career goals and 19 international goals. Eddie, hey, welcome back to the show, Eddie. And uh, Eddie, we have a special guest on for you tonight, too. We have um, your old high school coach, Coach Sawyer. Coach Sawyer, what's going on? How you doing, Coach? Hey, I'm doing real good, Coach. And uh, I got one of your favorite people, and one of, and he says that you're one of his favorite people. How's it going, uh, Eddie? We have Coach Sawyer on the line for you. What, what's up, old man? <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, Edward? I'm doing doing good, Coach. How are you? I'm doing good. I was just calling to see how, how everything was going with you. Yeah, everything everything's going great. Um, good. Can uh can uh uh from the last conversation we had, uh, everything's pretty much the same. Uh, just waiting for um, 
um, everything to, to, to come to come out. But uh, yeah, yeah, I understand. From, I understand. So. I just was calling to see how the Easter was at home with the kids and all that stuff because I know you're excited about spending that time with them. Yeah, it was it was good. Uh, it was short, but it was good. I actually took them to the uh, airport today uh, to go back today. Uh, but it, it it was it was good. Um, you know, and like I said, I talked to you, uh, a couple of weeks before I came to Florida, uh, it's the little things that, that mean so much. Um, you know, once you, uh, you know, you start to go through things and, and, and realize that it's a lot more than just, you know, everything else around you, you know, just, you know, spending time with the people that you really love that, you know, that really mean the most to you. It's what life's all about. And, uh, you know, I was thankful to have had the opportunity to spend that with them this Easter. Wow. Hey, Coach, yeah, I, I saw um, the you pictures know, uh, that you were posting, and uh, it was pretty awesome to see you guys together, to tell you the truth. Right, right, right. Yeah. Hey, Coach, did you ever imagine that Ed would be, uh, Ed would be such an uh, American soccer star when you coached him at the high school level? Actually, <clears throat> I, I really didn't get to coach Ed that long at the high school level because he went <laughs> on to the national program as a sophomore in uh, January, I believe. Right, Ed? Right, right, in January. Yeah, but uh, I still remember a story, and Ed's heard me tell this many times, but he was, I think we were an under-12 team because Ed played club for me for quite a few years, and I remember talking to the one of the Southeastern scouts for the U.S. national team, actually it was a Southeast regional team, and his name was Bob Mullen. And um, I told him at the tournament, because Bob and I are old friends, and I said, Bob, I've got a national team player on my team. And he he laughed at me. He said, you got to be kidding me. you got a tw- you got an under-12 that you're telling me is going to be on the U.S. national team. I said, absolutely. <laughs> I said, do me a favor and come watch him play. Well, Bob was there to scout the older teams, and I think he took the time to watch every game we played in that tournament. And uh, that was at the Sun Bowl, Ed. And, yeah. Um, yep. And he he said he goes I, he goes I just can't take my eyes off him. He he said he definitely has the potential to be national team player. And I said I told you, you know. So I saw it really young in that yeah. coach. Um, he, he just had a special talent. Every time he came out, and he worked extremely hard at everything he did. So I, I, I'm not surprised at all, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, Coach, it's obvious that he's worked extremely hard because we're talking to the MLS Comeback Player of the Year in 2007 and 2012. And, uh, hey, Eddie, you've done so much um, for – the world of soccer and and you've done so much for our community to bring recognition to the world to to soccer in our community hey man you're you're a stand-up guy you, you've really done well for yourself and we really appreciate all you do all of you've done here um in our community but eddie you know i guess traveling all over the world and playing in the u.s england mexico greece you know is it would you would you rather play here in the states or would you rather play um, in some other place around the world? If I had it my way, I'd mm-hmm. be, I'd, I'd be uh, quite honest. If if I can have it my way, I just it's it's like a relationship. You're 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 gonna give your all for someone that believes in you. Um, right. 
And it doesn't matter where you play in the world. If you got a coach that believes in you, that's going to be straightforward with you, um, that's not going to play mind games with you, and uh, that's going to, you know, be patient with you, um, you're going to excel and do well for that coach. Um, and if you look at my career, uh, the coaches uh, where I don't call it struggling, I call it uh, going through a challenging, challenging time um, because uh, there's no success without failure. When I was going through tr- challenging, you know, moments or challenging times, you know, with Fulham or if it was uh, at Cardiff or was it or if it was uh, uh, my first year in Kansas City um, and uh, just uh, recently uh, with DC United last year, um, what I've learned is that you can't you can't change who you are as a player that has gotten you to the point to where you are. Certain coaches see other things into you, but when you all you've known to be playing a certain way that has gotten you to where you are, it's hard to adapt. Uh, it's hard to adapt and become something you're not. And the teams that I've played in that where I've had difficult times was me playing in a role that I was unfamiliar with. Um, and it was very challenging with me, and it was frustrating, and I didn't know how to accept it when I was younger. But over the years, after I've, after I've gone through it, I know how to adapt. And that comes with growing. You know, uh, the people that, the, the ones that that stay the same, the players that stay the same, uh, um, you know, they don't know how to adapt, you know. But obviously I've learned how to adapt in my career to play for 14 years. You know, I've been doing something right. And right. so that's what I, you know, I, you know, you know how I would go back and I would define, you know, my my uh, experiences of playing all over the world. Uh, there's no rap, there's there's no league I'd rather play in. It's uh, finding the right system, finding the right team that fits me and the style that I play, in uh, a coach that believes in me. And and uh, you've asked any player, you you do well, you excel, and you do well. If, and, and if you had it that if you had it that way, but we all know it doesn't come that way. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Hey, coach, you got one more story about Eddie before we um, before we let you get out of here? Yeah, well, I, got, I will tell you one. I got a, I got a story. I got a story. <laughs> Go ahead, Eddie. Go ahead. Yeah. It, here's here's a story. It's pretty funny. The first time I ever ate at a at a and I'm gonna say an expensive restaurant because coming from Bunnell, Florida, I never <laughs> I've never been out and ate at a restaurant. And the first time I ever ate at a restaurant, Coach Sawyer. His wife, Dustin, I told you, who's like my brother, um, and Coach Hal. Uh, we all were eating at Outback. And I had never been out to a restaurant. And I never grew up in a house where we ate family dinner. Uh, my mom would cook and we'd eat whenever we got ready. I'd go to the table or my then my brother. So we never sat down. Did, so I didn't know how to use a knife and fork. <laughs> And that night, I, I learned how to I learned how to cut a steak with my knife and fork because you know Coach Story and them you know taught taught me how and, and you know that's a pretty funny story I tell everyone that. Yeah, that is pretty funny, Eddie. Hey, Coach, you want to top that one before you get out of here? I, I don't know if I could top that, but going back to what Ed said about being comfortable and having a coach that believes in him and and that kind of thing. Um, I couldn't agree more because 
I had a thing as a coach, and when a player would just blew something on the field, I would just, like, stare at him for a while, you know, and they'd make eye contact, and I would be like, what the heck? And when Ed would do that, and um, he's like, I could never look at you. He goes, because I knew what I was going to see. And he's like, I just, I just wouldn't look yeah. at you for a while until I did something good. Yeah. <laughs> do you remember saying that, Ed? Yeah, I remember. I remember saying that. Yeah. No, you know, no, no one wanted that stare. A look is worth a thousand words sometimes. Oh, man. You tell me, tell me about yeah. it. It was, it was almost to the point where you, you, you don't. You don't want to let someone down that believes in you, you know, right. and, and that's how I've always that's how I've always been when I'm on the pitch, you know. Yeah. You're putting me out there. I have a responsibility, you know, to uh, do a job at the end of the day, um, and uh, you know that's been my mentality throughout my career, and that's why I've been fortunate to play for 14 years. Wow, Eddie, you've had a wonderful career, you know. Um, you know, you, I know that. A lot, a lot of times when we see athletes start to hit that magic number of 30, 31, you start to wonder how much longer are you going to be able to play? Or do you have, have you set any, um, any limits on how much longer you're going to play? Do you have a goal on uh, how much, how many more years you think you're going to play um, at this high level? Well, only God knows that. Um, right. For me, it's, it's taking it one day at a time. Um, understand every day when I wake up that I'm very fortunate um, to, you know, have to have been playing this game this long and giving me the, you know, the health and, uh, um, you know, you know, protecting me and all the, you know, the sacrificing I've been doing, flying around the world, you know, so he, he has the last say, you know, I can't sit here and say, oh, um, I want to play for the next 10 years, five years, four years. Um, when God tells me I'm done, I'm done. So that's the kind of mentality that 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 I that I go by. You know, um, Eddie, and, and it does not surprise me that that God is a big part of your life. Um, by knowing your mother, knowing your sister, knowing CC, and knowing your grandmother, who um, wow! If you ever have a conversation with your grandmother, um, there's no doubt yeah. that uh, that spirituality yeah, make, is make, a make, big make sure. part. <laughs> I'm Talking telling you, man. Faith. Talking about patience, <laughs> man. I, man, I'm telling. I can feel your. I can feel your grandmother's spirituality every time I see her. It's unbelievable. Right. Um, she's a, uh, right. a a wonderful woman. Make sure you please tell her that I said hello and your mother and um, Cece uh -huh. and your sister as well. Eddie, um, I know we could sit here and talk to you for the rest of the night, man. But I know you probably have things that you have to do, and I don't want to keep you here all night. Is anybody you want to give a special shout out to before we let you go? No, I just think it's very important to, you know, to give credit to the ones that made everything possible for me in my life. You know, like I said, uh, um, you know, the Sawyers, the Sawyers introduced me to this, this game that I fell in love with, uh, fell in love with the family. Um, you know, uh, you know, they're a huge You're part of it, buddy. You know that. I, I know, Coach. They're a huge reason uh, to why, you know, um, you know, I've been able to play play this game because um, we all know soccer uh, travel soccer is very expensive and uh, when my mom couldn't afford it they uh, you know they they helped me out a lot you know they brought me into their, their home as a second uh, son and still to this day you know they're they're, they're my family and um, you know so I just want to you know thank them for all the you know uh, you know 
the love and support and, uh, you know, um, you know, care and belief and believing in me um, and giving me a chance and uh, um, me not taking that, you know, chance for granted. You know, so I want to thank them. I want to thank my mom. Um, I want to thank, um, you know, for always believing in me um, and, uh, you know, showing me how, you know, how to, how to survive, you know, how to work hard, and, uh, how, how to not give up on, uh, you know, family and, uh, um, you know, whenever, you know, when, when, whenever they try to knock you down, how to keep walking forward, you know, so I, you know, I, I, I get that from her and, uh, you know, I, you know, I'm blessed to, you know, have a woman, uh, you know, like that, you know, to look up to and, uh, you know, has made me into the man that I'm in today. And, you know, I just want to thank Bunnell and Flagler County. Um, you know, for all the support over, 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 over all of these years, um, you know, there's a lot of talent, you know, that comes, that comes, you know, out of, you know, Flagler County and Bunnell, you know, but, uh, a lot of people aren't as fortunate as I was to meet such uh, wonderful people like the Sawyer. Um, and, uh, you know, um, you know, they, they showed me how to, uh, take a chance in someone and, uh, you know, what, how, how to take a chance in someone and, and, uh, you know, when you believe in someone, what they're capable of doing and, uh, you know, ho- hopefully, you know, I want to do the same thing and give someone a chance or, or, you know, children, you know, or teenagers or adults, you know, you know, the same opportunity that they gave me, uh, if, if it's, uh, you know, just, you know, talking, talking to them or, you know, supporting them, you know, and, 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 and whatever they want to do, you know, because, you know, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for that family. Wow. Hey, thanks coach Sawyer and Eddie. Thank you, man, for being the stand up guy that you are. Keep on doing what you're doing. And like I've told a lot of the guys that I've dealt with, Hey, don't lighten up, brother. Tighten up. Don't loosen up. Right. Give it a little more juice. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Don't loosen up, juicing up. Amen. Yep. Hey, Eddie, thanks again for being on the show, and thanks for being a part of Sports Info UM. Hey, guys, we'll be right back after these messages and more sports information. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Engelhart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Engelhart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice America Network and let's talk football. 
Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time or p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info U.M. with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info U.M. What a great interview. What a great one-on-one with Eddie Johnson, Coach. Wow, that must I think that's the biggest star we've ever had on the show. He's pretty nice. He's pretty good. Eddie Johnson, what an intellectual guy, what a spiritual man, what a superstar in the MLS, what a world-renowned athlete, Eddie Johnson. Wow. Man, that, that was super. I really enjoyed that, Coach. Really enjoyed that. It just shows, Daryl, that you can be from anywhere and get to the highest level if you want it bad enough. Wow, and and you know, um, and and Eddie has come, Eddie's come from some humble beginnings to to be a superstar, a world renowned soccer player. Um, hey, good guy too, coach. Really good guy. Yeah, really good guy. Hey, um, but you know, I guess there's some other stories out here, other things that we could talk about, coach. Since we've lost, since uh, Eddie's gone on to hang out with his family and do some things, so that don't we didn't take his whole evening up. You know, Johnny Manziel. Release from rehab. Is that is that something that is that a conversation piece? Yeah, coach. I think it really is. You know, we're our nation is based on people giving other people second chances and I would love to see the young man have a chance. Now, I don't think his game is at the level it needs to be for him to be successful yet, but uh hopefully he's got his head on straight and will use his abilities to to get it back right. Hopefully, you know, please you know, give him that coach, chance. I really, I really hope that he really does get himself together. You know, because here's a guy, um, um, Johnny Manziel, Heisman Trophy winner, um, projected to be a first-round pick at one point. I, uh, he was a first-round pick. And now we're talking about him being released from a, from a, um, a drug rehab center. Well, here's another former player, uh, Lawrence Phillips. Uh, he's suspecting. Uh, see, he's suspected of killing his cellmate, murdering his cellmate. Now, here's a guy that was probably at the top of the top of his game at one point, and now we're talking about him uh, killing his cellmate in prison, coach. So, well, you know, coach, what's so sad? Uh, you, you know, you look at the Hernandez trial. You know, it's in its fifth day of deliberation. You know, and um, here's these young men that have such great God-given ability and gifts, and are they squandering them? You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, and um, but 
uh, Johnny Menzel, maybe things will work out better for him. Um, he, he he's still young. He's still very very young. You know, there's a story out now that uh, the Jets are trying to get rid of Geno Geno Smith. Or they're just trying to get rid of Geno Smith so they could pick up one of these first these um, top quarterbacks, possibly uh, G- uh, Mariota or uh, uh, Jameis Winston. Well, I don't think they'll get a shot at Jameis Winston, but uh, I think Jameis Winston be the first player off the board. It, well, I think it, I think it's obvious that Tampa Bay is gonna gonna make that move and and take Jameis Winston off the board right away. However, um, it's it's still yet to be seen where where Mariota is going to go. Is he going to go at, at the number two position, or or where is he going to go? I don't think he'll. I don't think the Titans are going to go with a quarterback. I think they're uh, all the talk I'm hearing is that they're still pretty satisfied with uh, Mettenberg. Well. You know, at the same time, we just heard a story last week, and this is how things changed so quickly. Philip Rivers was leaving San Diego and going to Tennessee. You know, now, now, now the story is that they're ha- they're happy with Mettenberg. I don't, I don't see them being happy with uh, with Mettenberg, and I, I do see um, Tennessee trying to make a move for Mariota. You know, they have that they have that second pick. I, you know, it's it's hard to think that they'd go for a. a, a uh, a number one quarterback. They used their first pick at quarterback two years back to back, but um, maybe they've given up on uh, on Mettenberg already. Maybe they've seen what they've need what they needed to see, and it wasn't what they wanted to see. Well, he wasn't the number one pick, coach. He was he was like third round or something. Okay, but yeah. It took him. Well, that's all the more reason they might even take that number one quarter, take uh, Mariota at that number one pick, because you know these, these these NFL franchises they really think that the quarterback is the most important position. I agree, the quarterback is the most important position, but they think that a franchise quarterback only comes around once in a while. And when, when we when we when we look at Geno Smith, he was not a franchise quarterback. No. You know, um, Mettenberg definitely not a franchise quarterback. And as a matter of fact, when we look at the entire draft from last year, um, Blake Bortles, he's he doesn't look like he's going to be a franchise quarterback. He may uh, work out to be a franchise quarterback. At the same time, um, Teddy Bridgewater, he may be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I think uh, he showed more promise than anybody. So out of that draft. So Tennessee might might Tennessee might make an effort to step up and uh and take this this kid Mariota who's six four, two hundred fifteen pounds, as a, as as the um possibility of making him a franchise quarterback. You know, I I, I don't understand if Jacksonville doesn't take um this defensive tackle on uh, Dante Fowler. Uh, no, well. Dante Fowler is an offensive lineman for um, from the University of Florida. I would really think that they should take this kid Leonard Williams, a defensive defensive tackle from uh, from Southern Cal. I think he is a better fit for them. Even though the Jaguars definitely need some help on the offensive line, because you know what what good is having a franchise quarterback if you can't protect him? Right. And how long is he going to be? able to hold up to the the pounding 
Uh, you know, you just look at a guy like uh, Sam Bradford. Uh, would the kid have done much better if he had gone somewhere and sat a year or two and had a protection from a line? And, you know, how good a quarterback could he have been? You throw those young guys out there, and uh, first off, the speed of the game is so much higher than at the college level. And if you don't have that supporting cast, they usually get hurt. Yeah. And, you know, the fourth the fourth pick in uh, this year's NFL draft is going to be the Oakland Raiders. And, <laughs> you know, I, I would love to see um, the Oakland Raiders take a quarterback, um, you know, not, not a quarterback, an offensive lineman, you know, because I, I really think that the young quarterback they took last year. Um, Carr. Yeah, Carr. I think, I think he could, he, he's something they could work with. But they really need to get some some pieces around him. And this kid, um, Dante Fowler from uh, University of Florida, projected to be the number one offensive lineman to come out of this year's draft. Um, I, I I think he could. Um, could be it. Yeah. And it would definitely benefit that whole program. Because yeah. I think it's one of those special kids. Yeah. So, hey, I, I I really think that's a possibility. Yeah. And, you know, what you'd like to see in the draft, Coach, is that uh, the improvement of the team through picking and giving a person a chance to fit into their system. And I think uh, uh, that's the beauty of watching good programs, good teams build around the draft. And uh, I know that uh, the free agency has changed that somewhat, but it's still, it seems like the teams that do the best are the teams that draft the best. And I say the best, I mean, meet their needs and, and, and then line up the right people. Yeah. And, and coach, let me, let me correct something. Dante Fowler is a, um, he's an, he's a defensive end outside linebacker from the university of Florida, who is projected to be the number one, number four pick, probably going to the Oakland Raiders. Uh, Eric Flowers is a 6'5", 315-pound offensive lineman from the University of Florida in Miami. He's also projected to be a first-round pick, but later in the first round. And I kind of got those two guys um, two guys confused. Now, the University of Florida does have this guy, DJ Humphreys, who is 6'5", 307 pounds, and he is an offensive guard, offensive tackle. So there is an offensive offensive lineman from the University of Florida, um, DJ Humphreys, who's probably going to be uh, one of the number one offensive linemen taken in this year's draft, and Eric Fowler, Eric Flowers from University of Miami, an offensive lineman. So both of these guys are probably going to be taken early, but um, the kid um, Dante. Dante Fowler, right, is a is a defensive tackle and uh, outside linebacker at 6'2", 271 pounds. So you know we're going to have some standout players from from Florida taken in this year's draft uh, for sure. And the only bad thing is you, you look and you say both these programs had these excellent players. And how well did they really do? Yeah, that's that's that's, that's a good question um, because you look at um, University of Florida here. They have have um, 
offensive lineman going in the first round, defensive lineman going in the first round, and they didn't they didn't have a very productive season last year here at the University of Miami. We have the same thing, offensive lineman going in the first round. Um, probably going to be some other players taken in the first round. Um, Duke Johnson, a running back. Philip Dorsett, a wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah, and and as as the running backs go, I, there's a lot of people who are saying that he's he's worked his way up the chart, and that he's might be a late first rounder. You know, so when you have two or three players from that team, you wonder how could they not be a lot better than 500? Yeah, you're right. Yep, you you you're right. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting to see. Um, See how, how this thing works out, um, especially with our at University of Miami. We're going to have a lot of guys probably going in this year's draft. So, yeah, I'm thinking interesting. <laughs> oh, hey, um, and, and, you know, our tight end, uh, I think his name is uh, Walford. Um, he's projected to be a, um, to be a, a, a high draft pick, too. Right. So, you know, it's, it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly what goes on with um, with this year's draft, and it'll uh, it'll be interesting to see how uh, the Florida schools uh, respond to you know, and that's how you recruit. You know, you have a guy that like an Urban Myers. Uh, we've talked about it. Why is he successful? It's because he recruits those kind of kids. And can say, "Hey, you come work and hard for me at my program, and I'm going to give you a shot at getting in the NFL." And that's what all those kids dream about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And hey, and and there are some programs, and the University of Miami is, is one of those programs. The University of Florida is one of those programs. These programs have such a tradition of putting guys in the NFL that it's some guys that that hardly touch the field throughout their whole career that end up having pretty good careers in the NFL, even collecting pensions from the NFL because of the programs that they go to. It's going to be some guys from the from Florida State this year signing some free agent contracts that you've never even heard of. Um, so it's, it has a lot to do with the programs that you go to. Sure. And um – and and the scouts know that, and they they go and they look at that roster and they say, how can I get this kid in the third or fourth round from the University of Miami, and how will he affect uh, the the success of the team that I scout for? Yeah, yeah, and um, so you know, I, I I throw this kid Sam Shields out a lot. We could not find a position for Sam Shields to play at University of Miami. He played wide receiver. He played strong safety. He played wide receiver. He played free safety. He played wide receiver. Now this guy's a Pro Bowl cornerback for the Green Bay Packers. That that I still have a time um, dealing with. You know, um, Alan Hearns from University of Miami, um, he, he he struggled to find playing time from time to time at the University of Miami. And here this young man was the most productive wide receiver for the for the Jaguars last year. Is is these things take me for a loop from time to time. So, well, coach, I think that uh, uh, we'll see that uh, 
I, I got a feeling like uh, the coach at Miami is on a short leash, and we'll see what happens this year. Well, Coach, you know, we only have a couple more minutes, but before we go, um, I'm going to share something with our listeners. Uh, University of Miami this year, we, we'll be going to Adidas. You know, um, I got to University of Miami in 1982, and we remember the Nike uh, group. We have never uh, swayed from the Nike group. Um, but this year, in 2015-2016 season, we will be wearing Adidas. And uh, Adidas has made it clear that they will make us the Nike, the they will make us the Oregon Ducks of the East. We're going to have a multitude of uniforms. We're going to change our uniforms weekly, bi-weekly. We're going to change our helmets three or four times a year, just like we see those Ducks do on the West Coast. So, hey, look forward to a lot of things happening at University of Miami as far as uniforms are concerned. And we know. The way the shoes go, a lot of money go. So you got to watch this, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, it does sound good. Hey, guys, you've been listening to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be back next week with more sports information. Thanks, guys. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.